All right. Episode three, Sports Talk Podcast. Uh, right, episode, yeah, episode three. A um, couple things off the top. Uh, if you saw my tweet, you'll know that this is solo. David has quit the show. Um, he told me he was carrying and that I need to start carrying my weight when I did all the production and came up with all the topics and did all the prep work. He's a diva, and uh, we won't really miss him. Um, so I'll be flying solo until I find a co-host. Um, uh, I'm going to rule out a couple people off the bat. Simon, if you're listening to this, don't even bother. Dessa, if you are, please apply. Um, other thing, <coughs> I didn't even get to say it before I cough, but I don't have a cough button. I guess I could just stop recording every time I feel a cough upcoming. But uh, I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah, I'm feeling kind of ill. So that's that on that. Um, yeah, so David left. So, I mean, we could talk about the Red You know, maybe I'll just bash the Red Sox the entire episode. That'd be kind of funny. Let's see. Let's go through their series with the Astros. And well, Yeah, this is actually good because I could just share my thoughts about the Red Sox, not get any pushback from that fucking homer. And I can actually share my thoughts. Because you're sitting next to him the whole game, right? And you don't want to say anything that's going to piss him off about his favorite. Because all he does is defend this fucking team. Even when they mess up, it's like, oh, Evaldi blew the game. Well, you know. I don't know. Uh, he, he chipped his fingernail or something. Open it up in the shower or something. I don't know. He didn't say that. I just came up with that just now. <laughs> I mean, I didn't go too well. Um, but yeah, so the Red Sox lost in six. Uh, their manager, I'm not going to say their manager blew it for them, but he certainly didn't help at times. Um, let's, let's work backwards. I'm doing this totally off the dome because um, the key to any good podcast is doing no prep work beforehand and doing it literally entirely off the dome. Um, working backwards from game six in the eighth inning, and we're going to work really from backwards and going back to game one, which I'm pretty sure I had a problem in game one. Um, game six, Adovino for the eighth inning, or in the eighth inning. He went to Adovino with runners on. And I questioned that decision. I think David actually agrees with me. David agrees with me on most of these, but you know, we didn't we didn't disagree over necessarily our artistic differences, David and I. We disagreed over, you know, whose show this really belonged to. I said it was a joint effort and he wanted he wanted all the glory. But didn't want to do any of the work. He didn't even share it on his socials ever. I mean our two episodes. Anyway. Um Adovino in the eighth inning of game six. Questionable decision. They might have thought that Adovino was their best reliever. If you do, I don't understand uh, how you think that's the case. Um, I mean, I guess Whitlock's coming back from injury, which is what we said. David was saying that Adovino isn't comfortable throwing his slider right now. So if you're throwing Adam Adovino with a dinky two-seam fastball, I mean, you know, those are the results you're going to get when... Whoever hit the home run. Was it Jordan? No, Jordan didn't hit the home run. I don't remember. It was a backbreaker. That one was rough. That was just like 2 nothing. You're like, okay, we have a shot, right? 
in the bottom of or in the top of the ninth. You're like, okay, you know, whatever it was, nine, I think it was nine one two or something like that. Who came up with that? Oh, first with <coughs> Kyle Tucker. That's right. So sick of Kyle Tucker. Uh, no, it was one two three. No, two three four. Sorry, I forgot that TK was leaving off anymore. Two three four. Coming up in the top of the ninth. So you're down two, and they went down meekly in the ninth inning. But you're down two. And you're like, okay, two, three, four, whatever. We do. Um, then, yeah, Tucker hits the home run. I believe it was a two-seamer. Let me go back and watch. <coughs> I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I wish I could just put on this. Yeah, it was two-seamer. <coughs> the head feels fine. Just the foot. I just had like like it feels like like a lump of phlegm in my throat. Sorry, if, you know you're eating your breakfast or something. I have a lump of phlegm in my in my throat. Um, I've just been coughing to try to get out, and it, it was fine most of the day. During the day, it was bad when I woke up. I was hacking up a lung. And then I stood up. My dad, my dad said that maybe it was because I was lying down and the the mucus was getting caught in the back of my throat. And so it was forcing me to cough. So then I stood up and I felt fine for most of the day. And then I went, took a nap around five because I was exhausted. Um, you know, fatigue involved here too. And um, I woke up in the last three hours or so, four hours, four hours, two hour nap. Um, not even two hours. Then I woke up at 6.30 and tried to go back to sleep for a half hour. And couldn't. Uh, for the last four hours, five <laughs> Why can't I talk? Four and a half hours or so, I've been, you know, coughing. Coughing. I've been coughing for every 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 two minutes. I was mid thought. I totally lost my train of thought. Not really, actually. Uh, I was talking about. Yeah. So Kyle Tucker hits the home run off out of Bino, which felt very predictable. I don't really think Tucker had many moments in that World Series or in the. LCS. Let's check his stat line. Yeah, he was there. 261, 885 OPS. A lot of that probably inflated by that home run. Um, Chaz McCormick. Is his name Chaz? Am I making that up? Yeah, Ch Chaz with an S. Um, Chaz McCormick at 286 with a 619 OPS, which sounds about right. Yuli Gurriel at 455. I did not realize that. Did realize that Jordan at 522. Um, yeah, Kyle Tucker's, like, a boring good player. He's fine, whatever. He has, like, a weird, uh, like, it's like Matt Olson in right field kind of vibe to him. Actually, it's one of the best comparisons I've ever made. Um, so, yeah, he's fine. He's good. I can't believe he's in seventh. I mean, I understand, like, I get Yuli Gurriel's a professional hitter, but, oh, never mind. He's sitting behind Kyle Tucker. I don't know what I'm talking about. Even Brantley, I'd switch. I'd swap Brantley and Kyle Tucker at this point. Yeah, I'd swap. Yeah, I'd definitely swap Brantley and Kyle Tucker. Um, that feels like a dusty thing, though, to have Brantley hitting second, which is fine. You know, Brantley's still a good hitter, but Tucker's definitely a more conventional, modern two hitter. I think. Um, even Correa and Bregman, I'd probably swap. Why do you pick Bregman six? Eh. Against a righty, maybe. Yeah, against. Uh, Evaldi, I, 
MLD's actually probably doesn't really have any sort of crazy platoon split. The slider's like, eh. But it's okay, I guess it's good. Um, I feel like his cutters is better. The love side movement pitch. Um, I don't really know what he does against I guess I guess he throws the slider. I don't know. Slider and split thing. He's a weird arsenal. There's just a lot going on there. Um, yeah, Nate Evaldi's probably good. He's probably a number two starter on a good team. Um, yeah, he's probably a Yeah, sure. He's a number two starter. I wouldn't want him to be... <coughs> I would want... Jesus. I wouldn't want him to be the number two starter on my good team, but I can see a situation where he is the number two starter on a good team. Um... Uh, like, 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 if, if I'm building a team, I want a team, a rotation, this is, you know, asking a lot, I want a rotation built like the Dodgers, where you have two really good starters, and then you sort of figure out the rest. But you want a good bullpen, too. I want, I, I want a, want an eclectic bullpen, a bullpen where I have a lot of options, sinker ballers, strikeout guys, interesting lefties, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. A cutter guy, I love cutter guys, I love like <laughs> Kenley Jansen type, you could spot the cutter. I like that. Um, that would be me. But nobody's hired me yet to run their baseball team. I don't even know if I want to. Not so good shit that goes on in those baseball front offices. Anywho, not even anywho. I should probably dive in. Hey, that one. That the day that we do that podcast where we sort of. Uh, eviscerate the modern baseball front office. I'll do some research for that. I don't want to make any unsubstantiated claims, but what they're doing with the international free agent signings and even, like, you know, obviously free agency and the service time manipulation and whatnot, it's all just very shady. And the international free agent signing stuff is even shadier. And, of course, like, the culture that they're harboring, the fact that there's an entire tree of... Um, executives that were built on like a self-proclaimed frat culture in the Theo Epstein tree, Epstein, Epstein tree. Um, <coughs> and this is probably unlistenable. Um, and yeah, and those guys keep getting hired and sometimes end up getting fired for either their sexual misconduct in the case of Derek Porter or for driving while intoxicated in the case of Zach Scott and other cases around the game, I'm sure. Um, Anyway, where was I going with that? Uh, oh, right. I would build an eclectic bullpen. Yeah, the Red Sox didn't have an eclectic bullpen. No, sir. They had about two good relievers. Um, I guess it was eclectic, but it wasn't good. Which is why you needed to pitch Nate Baldy in game four. Right, that was four? Yeah. Because yeah, five was just sort of a lot. Not a laugher, but it was just kind of boring. Um... Yeah, I don't really remember that much about Game 5. I really don't. What happened in Game 5? <coughs> oh, right, okay, yeah. Uh, Alvarez hits a double off sale. <coughs> the roof comes in. Right, yeah, I stopped watching. It was like 6 nothing. Um. Uh. Yeah, I mean, again, there's nothing to prove that Sale... 
or that going to Evaldi in game four hindered his performance, and Evaldi pitched pretty well in um, in game six. But you don't want your starters in that situation. And the Red Sox have now, in back-to-back postseason runs, built bullpens that were not fit for a deep postseason run or any postseason run, really, because they ended up using their starters in meaningful roles in both runs. So you're just sort of backing yourself up against the wall for no reason. When you could have went out, you could have traded for, like, Ryan Tepera, who was pitching meaningful innings for the White Sox down the stretch and into the playoffs. You could have traded for, I don't know, you could have called, oh, no, the Mets weren't sellers. You could have traded for, I don't know what the Braves traded for Richard Rodriguez, but it probably wasn't much. Uh, you could have done that. You could have traded Josh Ockamy for Richard Rodriguez. I don't know if the Pirates say no to that. They probably do. And Jarrington knows about Josh Ockamy. I actually wonder if he was in the front office when they drafted Josh Ockamy. Josh Ockamy. Fifth round of the 2014 Major League Baseball. Yeah, probably. Um, anywho. What was I talking about? Oh, building a bullpen. Um, yeah, and instead they've sort of put their starters in situations to fail, and just really, uh, and, and, and the manager in a situation to fail. Although I don't think he covered himself in glory all postseason, but he's in a position to fail. When you don't, you're using, you're rotating through five pitchers over and over again, more or less. And when you're not going to those guys, you're going to Hansel Robles and Ryan Brazier, neither of whom are very good. So, so, <coughs> so losing Garrett, or not Garrett, Garrett Richards is actually probably a bigger blow than people realize. I don't think I, I've mentioned that. But yeah, no, uh, that was a an arm that they could have used, a versatile arm that they could have used at points throughout uh, that series, even if it's just, you know, going to him instead of Martin Perez in game four after Evaldi sort of, you know, poops the bed a little bit. He didn't poop the bed, but he didn't, he didn't have his best stuff. Um, I mean, that was a decision to go to Martin Perez. There, Martin Perez shouldn't have pitched. They should have used Martin Perez in the same way they used, who was it? Drew Pomeranz in uh, 18, which was basically in the World Series in, in game three specifically, which was if this game goes 20 innings, you'll come in the game. Otherwise, you're not coming in the game. And I guess they didn't necessarily have that luxury because – in 18, they did do this. They did what they did with their staff, but they also had a legitimate number one starter in sale, a legitimate number two starter in price, and then sort of cobbled together the rest. Even, I mean, Purcell really, I don't even know how many starts he made that postseason. But, um, but Purcell was coming out of the book. You, you had two legitimate starters. And this time around, you had one legitimate starter, and then that leaves a lot of innings to be picked up otherwise. Um, and I know Price, you know, has his faults, but he still, I'm actually going to go back and verify this before I make this claim, but I feel like he still gave them decent length in that postseason, especially this, he made, yeah, he made two LCS starts, right? Uh, show, how do I do play out right here? Uh, postseason pitching, 18, yeah, he made Oh, that's in the World Series one. I was gonna say, uh, yeah, he had the he had the bad start against the Yankees in the LDS, but other than that, he was wonderful. Two innings, ten two thirds. So that's five innings per start. I don't remember exactly what he did, and then thirteen innings and three appearances in the World Series. So yeah, 
he didn't really have that. I mean, Sale was that guy, but Sale lasted an inning and two-thirds in the ALCS and an inning in the um, ALDS. He was better in game... That was game five. Wait, what the fuck did he pitch? Game five, yeah. He was better in game five. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, people are going to go on about going, leaving him in to face Jordan when he had taken him, when he took him deep once and then doubled single. But realistically, he beat him on a fastball. You had a base open, first base open, I think. Um, two outs or whatever it was, one out. You should be spamming slider there and getting Jordan to swing over that, and you should be having Garrett Whitlock ready, or whoever the fuck was available that day, Hauk or whoever, to face whoever was on deck. That was very descriptive, I know. Uh, but yeah, to face Correa on deck. And then, yeah, yeah, you could have gotten to Hauk there. Um, instead, they threw him a fastball, and he took it the other way, as he did all, all series and all season. Jordan Alvarez, what are you going to do? And if your your argument is bringing Josh Taylor, do you really think Josh Taylor's fastball is spam? Is uh, fooling Jordan Alvarez? I don't think so. I think you stick with the guy who had looked fairly decent all day and only had. I can't imagine he had many. Uh, yeah, eighty-five pitches or whatever. It was bad pitch selection, which you know. Yeah, you gotta have you, you gotta have a feel for the situation there. You gotta know that you don't have to give in to Jordan Alvarez there, but you also certainly don't have to go to Josh Taylor under any under any circumstances. And they, frankly, that shouldn't have been Josh Taylor. They should have found their you know their Aaron Loop or something. I'm sure there's an Aaron Loop out there. I think they thought they were going to do that with Austin Davis, but well, that didn't work out. And you shouldn't really be doing you shouldn't be relying on reclamation projects when you're a contending team. I mean, not, the Yankees hit on Clay Holmes, but I don't think when the Yankees traded for Clay Holmes, they had any delusions about him being one of their top bullpen pitchers by the end of the season. I don't think that was in, I don't think that was in their plans. So the Red Sox, they traded for Austin Davis and Hansel Robles and said, okay, you guys are going to be, I mean, Hansel Robles is literally the closer in September. So I don't think that was the plan, but you know, I don't know if shaking out. Um, yeah, I thought that was a bad. I thought that was a bad job on Heim's part, and I I, I think Heim actually did a fairly good job building this roster as a whole. We might do some off-season roster discussion in the second half if I even do a second half. I'll do an abbreviated second half. This is a lot of talking. Um, what was this saying? This is why I need a co-host. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, Heim, roster construction. Oh. Yeah, no, he did a good job building the roster as a whole, you know. And Heim in the front office. I shouldn't just credit Heim. Um, uh, Renfro and, you know, even Richards didn't pan, pan out well that well in the rotation, but he ended up being a valuable bullpen piece down the stretch, which was always the upside for Garrett Richards, I thought. Uh, though that's why I thought that was a good signing, because even if he doesn't work out in the rotation, you know that you have the option of moving the bullpen. He probably, <coughs> that was the first time in a while, probably succeeds there. So, thought that wasn't bad. Um, who else? Kike, obviously. Kike, who went on a Ruthian, Murphyan, 
type uh, run, run for a while there. That was fun. Um, valuable, fun little player. Um, and not locked into center field next year. I doubt that has anything to do with his botch ball in game six. In fact, I highly doubt it does, but, you know, he didn't look like... He looked like there were periods of time when I was watching the postseason that I was like, Kike Hernandez definitely looks like a center fielder. Then there are other periods of time where I'm like, he does not look like a center fielder at all. That wasn't even necessarily one of those times. It was just a misplay, and you know that happens, but that's going to happen when you're not used to... That was an awkward route to take for any center fielder, and yeah, it looked... In the end, it, it was an awkward play. He, he looked like someone who didn't have much experience doing that, whereas, you know, if that's Jackie Bradley Jr. in center, not that I'm saying they should have played Jackie Bradley Jr. all season, but even if it's George Springer, maybe. Actually, yeah, George Springer probably gets there. Um, <coughs> then, although George Springer, I don't think he's really playing center field by the end of the year, nonetheless. It's George Springer out there. He might, even if he, it's harder for him to get to that ball, he might play it better once he's in the vicinity. Um, and it looks like a lot like a footwork problem, which is comes with experience. Um, but yeah, so that was, I don't even know where we were. We sort of did game five, pitching, management, uh, miscues, um, and pitching miscues in general. Um, game four... Yeah, I mean, you go to Nate, whatever. Again, you have a deeper bullpen. You don't have to go to Nate there. You have a deeper pitching staff. You don't have to go to Nate there. That's one thing that surprised me about this whole Bloom experience so far was that the Red Sox, I mean, they've had some successes. Tanner Houck is a success. Um but there haven't been any crazy bullpen pop-offs. Garrett Whitlock, that was a good spot. Credit where credit's due there. That was obviously a great spot. But <laughs> I haven't had any, you know, pop-up arms a la even, like, I mean, I guess they haven't really had time to develop them. But, you know, where did, like, that brutal dude from the Dodgers come from? It feels like the Dodgers are just churning out new arms every week. And I know it takes time to build that sort of stuff up. But it feels like it shouldn't take as long when your owner is John Henry and you're running giant should be running giant you know when 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 you're the Red Sox it feels like Sean John Henry should have been like okay what do you need build up your pitching lab pitching development staff and find me relievers um so we don't have to go and that's the thing it's like if you don't want to go out and make those trades for the Craig Kimbrels and the Ryan Tepperos and go sign Liam Hendricks then you have to find ways to find the next you know uh, I don't know what Colin Poche came to mind or that sinker baller for the Ryan Thompson um, <coughs> or whoever on the Rays, pretty much any reliever on the Rays. Um, and, you know, they've actually, they've had, like, you know, like they had Jeffrey Springs last year and he ended up, I don't think he was any good for the, he actually might have, I think that Jeffrey Springs was good. He was, like, shockingly good. Shockingly good, but, like, he was, like, better than you would have thought the Rays this year. Yeah, he was, like, fine. He had 63 strikeouts in 45 innings after looking. He did have 28 strikeouts in 20 innings for the Red Sox last year, but also allowed five home runs and 18 runs, 30 hits. Um, but, yeah, no. Uh, where was I going from? 
Oh, yeah. So, like, like the Rays have all those. You, you thought the Red Sox would have. And, again, the Rays, took, that took years to build up. Um, and I actually didn't even really know about this. It makes sense. And I probably read it when he was hired, but I just forgot about it, that there was, like, an embargo on Rays employees coming to the Red Sox for two years. Now that's over. It was, like, a two-year embargo after Hein took the job. Now they're, he's free to ask whoever he wants to join him. Assume. I assume, <laughs> I assume the Red Sox pay more, but I know that I'm under the impression the Rays actually do a pretty good job taking care of their staff, which is why so many people want to work there. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe that won't be as easy a sell as you might think it might be. Um, but yeah, so you need you need those kind of arms to have, you know, Andrew Kittrich's and whatnot. Uh, for the ninth inning of that game, so you don't have to go to your reliever, who's or your starter, who's probably a little tired. And this is his bullpen day; it's the most intense bullpen he'll ever throw. And yeah, that's the result you might get. I mean, it's the risk you're taking. Their backs were against the wall. That's and and, and not even in like a you know you lost games way. It was like a self-imposed sort of thing, a self-inflicted sort of thing. I feel bad, but I don't feel as bad as I might if you had gone out and taken the proper steps to address your bullpen issue, and you didn't. Um, game three obviously went well. I'm trying to remember what happened. I think Erod pitched well. He did the whole watch thing. That was fun. Uh, game two went very well. Um, that game was in the bag. <laughs> it was in the bag in the top half of the second, which was an hour and a half into the game. Um, David was not happy about the whole Jake Odorizzi situation. Um, I don't remember exactly. I don't even remember what happened there. Oh, Garcia got hurt, and then Odorizzi wasn't quite ready, so they they really probably should have gone to a reliever there anyway, because I think he, well, the first batter he faced was JD, and he allowed the grand slam. I think it was like the first pitch he threw, which is funny. I don't Maybe it wasn't. Um, and David, I feel like, wanted them to do that again or something when... I don't know. There actually, he 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 would be able to explain that better. Um, yeah, it didn't. Whatever. Whatever. It ended up working out for the Red Sox anyway because he gave it the grand slam. So. Um. Yeah, and let's see. Game one. What happened in game one? I think I remember liking what happened. I have to go back and refresh my memory because that was like what ten days ago now. Uh, yeah, exactly, time days. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, so this is the game where, yeah. yeah uh, when, they, they, they had to be underselling. Well, it was weird, because that, it just, there felt like at times, they didn't necessarily have a chain, not a chain of command, but a hierarchy in the bullpen. Like, why is Hansel Robles even facing Carlos Correa there to get the go-ahead home run? Why isn't that Whitlock? Why isn't Whitlock into the game even in the third inning whenever the basis were or whatever is going on there? And he pulls sale. Um, you know, why is Brazier coming in before that? I mean, Hauk gives up, gives up the game-tying home run. And I can, Hauk was probably, you know, one of the best pitchers you have on the staff or in the bullpen. So I can't really knock you for that. But Robles in that scenario is borderline inexcusable. Um, so, you know. Like, like Robles didn't have any place on that roster. And I know, again, he was the closer the, at the end of the year. He had three good weeks. You, 
I know the Red Sox did not think he was a, a top-flight reliever at the end of the season. I just know that nobody in the Red Sox front office or on their coaching staff looked at Hansel Robles and said, this is our guy. We're going to ride this guy into the sunset, into the World Series. And I know there was no scenario where Hansel Robles was closing the game in October. So why is he pitching in that seventh inning? I mean, it's a tie game, and Carlos Correa is up. He just shouldn't be in there. Um, so, you know, whatever. Self-inflicted, like I said. Uh, other notes, Kyle Schwarber looked absolutely brutal at first base for most of the series. It was fun because like, like his moment in game three of the LDS was funny. It was cute. It was like, oh yeah, I made the play. Um, and I'm not like, not like, I'm not saying he didn't deserve that moment, but I'm just saying that, that, uh, it, 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 remembering that and then seeing him fuddle his way around first base, uh, throughout the LCS was kind of funny. Um, he almost had a great, he almost had a series changing, season changing moment if they turned that triple play in uh, game six, which I thought for a second they were going, like there was a split second in my mind where I'm like, this is going to be a triple play. I think I st- actually, no, I stood up and I yelled double play and then I thought he caught it. So I yelled triple play and I thought they were going to get him at the plate for the third out. Like I thought he caught it. So I thought he stepped, caught it, stepped in the bag to get Correa and then was firing home to get. I don't know, for whatever reason, Alvarez darting for home plate, even though the throw there would be to third. Um, but then I realized that it must have popped. I thought Actually, I thought he botched it at first. I thought it hit like the heel of his glove, popped up, and that's where the confusion came in. But it was just a weird short hop. Um, I'm trying to think of other notes. Uh, Devers. Devers looked a little better. He did not look good in the LDS. Uh, JD hit the grand slam. Uh, catcher. Actually, we'll talk about that probably in the second half. Catcher could be a place of upgrade. And yeah, uh, I don't like the Astros, but good for Dusty. Uh, we'll be back for the second half in a second. All right, we're back. Uh, let's just uh, creating my teaser graphic. Um, sorry, I was just reading a dumb Geno Smith stat. Uh, um, I don't know why I make a te- No, it wasn't really a teaser graphic. It was more like a reference, um, to the fact that I'm doing this alone. We'll probably come back. You know, we'll probably end up doing another one tomorrow too, if I'm not too tired of getting cavities done in the morning tomorrow. And I don't know if I'm going to feel like recording at night, which is David's excuse today. In addition to his outlandish demands, salary and benefits and not that i'm a bad employer but you know we haven't monetized yet and that's something that i want to do but i can't be afforded to be giving them you know i don't want to let you guys peek too far behind the curtain here but six seven figures i can't afford i can't afford to be doing that not yet at least um the benefits you know i, I wish I, I do wish i could do that I, listen I, I respect his right to be paid as a laborer i thought we were doing this as a joint effort, that it was a business effort that we were undertaking together, that we were going to build up together, and then he got too big for his britches too fast, and now, you know, when we make it big, he's not going to be able to reap the benefits. So, that's on him. It's his loss. Um, what else is there to talk about? Uh, we could talk. We we could talk off season. I'm not even going to talk about the World Series. I just don't give a shit. Um. I like I don't even, I don't care enough to do a prediction. I don't care enough to preview it. Cannot get into. I mean, Adam Duvall is hitting cleanup for the Braves. 
wherever the fuck he's hitting, fifth, sixth, doesn't matter. He's like one of their better hitters. Um, I like Ozzy Albies. I like. I'm not even gonna say I like Zach Greinke because everyone likes Zach Greinke and I feel like mainstream. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if I actually truly like anyone. I like Stank Ryan Stanek on the Astros, and I like Dusty. Dusty seems very cool. And if the, I tweeted this, but if the if the Astros don't re up with Dusty, the Mets should hop on that immediately without 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 thinking back. If only for the fact that you know it's Dusty, and. I don't think there's a better. I don't think there's a better. I, I, yeah, I don't think there's a better leader in all of baseball right now than Dusty than Dusty Baker. His tactical stuff, and I've, I've, you know, I've, uh, chastised his tactical stuff for years. Um, not for years, but years ago, I, I, I would always go at him when he was with the, uh, the Nationals. Um, mostly because you know the Mets and Nationals had a faux rivalry going for three, four years there. The Gary Cohen always likes to make fun of it on the SMY bo- um, broadcast, the collision in the division in 2017. <laughs> they were promoting it like, you know, this is the rubber match between the Mets and the Nationals 2017 was. Um, the Mets were like 10 and 15 at the time. SMY is pushing it as the collision in the, in the division with like graphics of like Estrubal Cabrera versus Bryce Harper or something. Ridiculous like that. Um, anywho, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, Dusty. Uh, Yeah, I've, you know, lamented Dusty's managerial tactical decisions, but the fact of the matter is everyone loves him, and he seems like a very pleasant guy to play for. So that's definitely, if he's available, the Mets should look into him. The Mets should also hire a president of baseball operations first before they make any of those decisions, and any any rumors around any Mets managerial hire right now is just, I imagine it's just nonsense. I imagine that's going to fall in the hands of the next <laughs> president of baseball operations. Although, who knows? Because Sandy seems to have his hands involved in everything. Um, you know, as an outsider and purely an outsider, it's fascinating to me to wonder. Because Cohen clearly has his, you know, he has his, his, uh, what's the word? Like his ticks, his things that he does. Um... And, you know, it's, it's very vindictive. He, he, he doesn't like people making fun of him. Um, Sandy is just very sort of matter-of-fact. And I don't think he likes criticism either, but he handles it in a very different kind of way, I think. He handles it with condescension. And, like, you know, he's very dismissive. Um, and, I mean, he'll leak, but, like, I don't think even Cohen... Co- Co- Cohen doesn't even go through the... You know, Sandy's old school. Cohen will, you know, go right to the Twitter account and just start bashing David Sampson on his Twitter. Um, which is what it is. Um, I don't think Cohen's actually tweeted in a while. Let me check that. Uh, through the... You know, Will like the tweet. We should have Will on one of these days. Talk about Will. Actually, Will will be an... I kinda, I'm going to write that down. I kind of like that idea. Because Will's, our friend Will is a new, actually I shouldn't be, on sports talk, I should, uh, Congles, or Spiro Agnew, or Lance Loomis, whichever alias is going by, um, uh, invite Will on for new baseball, and, uh, I'm not even a therapy session, therapy session, 
uh, informational session or a debrief. So Will read the, I think it's Chef Perlman, uh, the bad guys won. Let me double check. Yeah, the, the Jeff Perlman book, The Bad Guys Won. He read it. He works as a beach attendant. Congles, sorry, not Will. Uh, he's a beach attendant, and he read it. I don't know why I'm getting... Why, why am I doing this like people are listening? I get so caught up in my own delusions sometimes. Like, I actually have a platform here. I hate when I do that. That's, that's the problem with doing it alone. Is that I forget that I'm really just talking to maybe Dessa, who probably isn't even going to make this far, and Kim. So anyway, as you guys know, Will works as a beach attendant, and he read The Bad Guys 1, uh, which is a story about the 86 Mets. Um, and after that, he started to get into baseball, and he watched a little bit of the playoffs and the Mets and whatnot, um, which you guys... Actually, Dessa probably didn't. Um, and so I'm gonna invite, we're going to invite him on sometime over the offseason to sort of do, like, a, what did you think of... Uh, the playoffs and the season and whatnot. Overall, I give this postseason a. I'm just now now doing my thoughts. I'd give this postseason on entertainment. The Red Sox were in it for a while. Otherwise, yeah, the Dodgers series was good. On entertainment, this postseason gets like a five or six. That was my favorite. Um, I also like. I feel like I wasn't as into baseball as a whole this year. I don't know why. For whatever reason, well, I'm just going through my own stuff. Um, but yeah, I do know why. Um, but yeah, but even just like in general, I'm th like like compared to other, like I don't know. I feel like like 2019, it was like you had the exploits of Juan Soto, and that was fun. And, and like, yeah, I want to root for Juan Soto because he's cool and he's fun. 18, I was rooting for the Red Sox. 17, I was rooting against the Yankees. Then after that, I don't really think I cared. Uh, yeah. No. 17 was like my big, like, like you know, pro baseball, like MLB fit. Like, I love love baseball. I want to be I want to be an ambassador for the game. I was during that phase, which was a terrible phase. Um, annoying phase. Uh, I remember getting very excited about Game 7 of that World Series. I'm being very underwhelmed. It was an underwhelming game. Other games in that series were good, though. Uh, I think though, game two was like the back and forth and the extra innings. That was a good game. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, really, where was I going with that? Hang on. Let me try to... Oh, I was going to read the postseason. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think it was like a five or six. Uh, though, there just hasn't been those, those great storylines yet this year. Like... I'm sorry, I can't get into the Braves, the underdog storyline. I just don't really care. Like, I, I don't care about the heroics of Eddie Rosario. I just, I just don't. Um, like, great, great for him. Good for Eddie Rosario. Nice little player. Like, yeah, I'm sure he's very, you know, going to get a nice free agent contract probably. As, as, as an observer, like, like the. the the equivalent, like, sometimes I like to do, like, NBA equivalents, and I could do probably an entire show about NBA, MLB equivalents, and how NBA just does, the NBA just does such a better job at certain aspects of, like, that the NBA is just designed to market its players and market, yeah, market its players mainly better than MLB 
for interesting reasons that um, I don't. I'm not going to do right now. Basically, NBA, the NBA is, yeah, it, 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 it and I, I don't even feel like I'm going down that route. Um, it is to do with like, like their player, the player's public persona, and like. NBA fans don't blindly just be like, oh, yeah, I love this man. This is great. Like, if, if, if there's a bad NBA, if there's, like, a bad NBA playoff game on, if, like, basketball fans will be like, oh, this sucks. Like, I don't give a shit about fucking, uh, like, if it was, like, a first-round matchup of, I'm trying to think of the most boring possible first-round matchup. Um, there really aren't any, I'm trying to think of boring teams like the, like, I don't know. Yeah, I get like like most of like that's the thing. There aren't like like I don't can't think of any NBA teams that I'm like that would be a really boring playoff matchup. Like if like the Wizards were in a playoff game or something by some miracle of God, like no one would be like, oh yo, let's go. Like I don't know. I just feel like baseball fans are much more blindly loyal to their product than NBA fans are. For one, that's just one thing. Um, like basically, if it wouldn't really happen in the NBA, but if Marcus Morris was all of a sudden like the leading man on the Clippers. I don't even know if he's still on the Clippers. Um, I don't think NBA fans would be like, "Wow, like this is this is this is unbelievable." I love to watch Marcus Morris go off. They'd be like, "Why the fuck is Marcus Morris going off right now?" Um, I don't know. It's just like a different feel. Whatever. Um, Yeah, I just feel like it's like more of a realistic sort of perception of just like the sport in general. Anywho, I can't get into Eddie Rosario. Uh, I don't. I, I I don't care about the Astros. I find them boring. Although I did turn a little bit on that during the ALCS. Um, I find them generally boring, and I find them I find them a little bit like. They they so desperately want to play the the everything was stacked against us. And we overcame all the odds card, but they're just not quite saying it. And that's driving me bananas. And I know if they win, they probably will. And Carlos Correa is, but like specifically will. I wanted Carlos Correa on the Mets for a while, but now that I'm like, he just sort of seems like, I don't know. Like it's just, this, th- there's a certain sect of Astros fans that are just like, it's us against the world. Like, 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 no, you did that to yourself, dude. Like I wasn't even like a huge, like, like, the cheating sucked, but I wasn't, like, you know, like, bringing the trash cans to the game, throwing it. Just, you know, you guys fucked up. Like, you deserve to be a little bit humbled. <laughs> like, I don't know. If that's your punishment, then whatever. Like, <laughs> Alex scores back in the game. Agent Hinch is back in the game. Jeff Luno doesn't deserve to be back in the game for other reasons. Like, specifically, you know, I don't care about your moral opinion. I care about your baseball opinion um, type of things. Um, just a poison. Um, and I know, and again, I don't, I don't have the timeline in front of me, but I'm sure a lot of the service time manipulation and whatnot and pressuring players to accept contract extensions to make the roster kind of thing when, or like, you know, like cheap contract extensions when, you know, they deserve to make the roster anyway, that sort of stuff started with the Astra, um, (coughs) just anti-labor practices. Um, but, 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 yeah, so, like, like whatever, man. I, I just, I don't, I'm sick of it. Uh, that leaves about 15 minutes for me to do what I thought I was going to do in the second half here, which was 
Mets Red Sox offseason preview. Um, yeah, uh, we'll do the Mets quick, and we'll probably do we'll do this ad nauseum as the offseason goes on. You're going to hear me probably call for a three hundred million dollar payroll. Like I want, you know, I don't want. Oh, is David coming down? I don't want uh, Steve Cohen's bank to be. Actually, no. Yes, I do. What am I talking about? I don't know why I just started to say that. I don't. You just sure whatever. Empty the bank. Why did I just start to say that? I don't want to. Because I got thrown off because David coming downstairs, and I don't really think I knew what I was saying. Hey, David. What's up? I'm 45 minutes deep. Nice. You want to join me for the final 15 minutes? Uh, sure. Are you are you still doing work? Well, I was gonna go to bed, but you can go to bed. What are you talking? I'll, I'll join you for a little bit. I, I, I already rehashed the entire ALCS in the first half. Whoops. Hey, whoops. What's up? So you can join me. Come on up, whoops. Come here. Yeah, all right. Um, I did rehash the entire ALCS in the first half. And I was talking about how the playoffs were, like, fairly boring. Yeah. Why. Um, <laughs> and then I was going to do a Mets Red Sox off season preview. Gotcha. But but we can do the Red Sox since you're here. All right. Um. Uh. The thing that I was probably going to talk about was sort of what now, in terms of their position on like the win cycle. Mm. Wait, why am I welcoming you back so easily? What am I doing? No, no, get out of here. <laughs> no, I have this under control. You're just gonna come down here after making those out outrageous demands. To change the name to Sports Talk Starring David? Or David Tyler? I wanted it to be filmed tomorrow because I'm busy tonight. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that's that's what you're going to tell the people, huh? That's what... That's the truth. Eight million dollars in prominent, in prominent placement on the marquee. That's what you're going to leave out, huh? You want you, all the merch sales go right into your bank account. You're going to leave that out? I had work to do for so I wanted to film it tomorrow. So then, he, and you decided to film it yourself. I got. I'm, I'm 45 minutes deep. I'm just talking. Isn't that impressive? Or someone with a sore throat? No. So yeah, you go to bed, and you know what? We'll do another one tomorrow. All right. Where you can chime in. All right. And in the meantime, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to do. You know, listen. I know you think that this show rides on your back. It's not the case. Uh, you know, it's it. If 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 we if the carriage is attached to our backs, it's attached deep. I don't really know why I was going back that one. Well, have fun with that. Thanks. I'm gonna talk about the Mets. All right. Because I like the Mets. Yeah. They really aren't. They're actually kind of the opposite of boring. But whatever. Get out of here. Yeah. Scram. Okay. Good night. Let him mosey away where I feel like comfortable talking to myself while there's someone still <coughs> in the vicinity. Um, oh, yeah, so Steve Cohen spent $300 million on, the pay on, uh, on payroll. That's that's what I was going to say. That's that's going to be the definition of a successful Mets offseason. And let me explain why. <laughs> no, I shouldn't really even have to. I don't know why I said it. Um... They have not beefed up their player development department, not even close, uh, to a point where I'm confident enough for them to start churning out, you know, um, 
Zach McKinstry's and even turning Gavin Lux into Love Dowdage did the Gavin Lux, turning him from a fringe top 100 prospect into a you know number five top five prospect in baseball. They're nowhere near. And in fact, they won't be for probably a decent amount of time. Um, because Steve Cohen really has not shown an interest in player development at this point. So the way to compensate for that, while you figure, get your shit together there, and they do need to get their shit together there, is you spend exorbitant amounts on payroll. It's, it's, it's a simple solution. You're not, they're fooling themselves. They're doing the same thing as the last administration or the last regime where they fool themselves into thinking that they're doing things right when they're, half-assing everything like, that, that, that thing is just gonna magically work out that the dodgers have lucked their way into being this good that that the yankees have lucked their way into finding you know decent arm after decent arm and turning people into good relievers or whatever the fuck they do with their pitching development because they do actually a pretty good job there like lucas heel out of nowhere i don't know where i guess he was a decent prospect, but you know what i mean um they think that's magic that, that's just luck and it's one day it's magically going to start happening to them and I don't think that's as much the case anymore, but it it they they're not taking they they say that they're using those sort of organizations as a model, and they're just not. Um, and until they get their shit together in that regard and realize that they have to invest in player development and what whatnot, and you know actually paying their minor leaguers, and that's going to help them. You know, you can build a pitching lab, but you don't. If you don't know what to do with it, then whatever, uh, stuff like that. Um, I sort of lost my train of thought there. Uh, <coughs> then it doesn't matter. So in the meantime, you have to build out an insane payroll, and this is going to be an insane payroll because they already have 170 million dollars committed before you hit free agency and you know that's a number that's probably going to change because i imagine there could be some non-tenders in the future um but nonetheless you know you're 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 starting from a 170 million dollar payroll and there are way too many holes in this team that need fixing for you to say okay resign strom and resign hobby bias fill out the rest with the kevin pillars and the jonathan vrs of the world and run it back next year that's it's not that would be a colossal failure of an offseason that they would parade around as, as a fairly successful offseason because they're exceeding the luxury tax for the first time in franchise history and they would push, you know, that talking point. I just, I don't know, it would just be so cheesy. It would be really cheesy if they did that. But they sort of did, did at every turn and every chance, they did cheesy shit last year, whether it's Kumar Rocker or even how they handled the luxury tax last off season, not to mention like the, you know, shady shit that they did and just pursuing Trevor Bauer in the first place, building the second half of their off season around pursuing Trevor Bauer. But like, like just bona fide cheesy shit, like, like how they handled the Kumar rocker situation. It's just like, and even, 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 you know, Sandy issuing a, a condemnation of Javi and Lindor, um, after the whole thumbs down situation, like, like they just, they kept digging themselves in a, in, in a, into a hole. And not to mention people kept buying onto it because, you know, Uncle Stevie can do no wrong. Um, yeah, they just sort of kept digging themselves into a hole. And this seems to be, you know, 
the next logical step in that chronology. Um, yeah. Sorry, I, 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 there was a period of time during that rant, because I think I felt like I was rehashing the conversation that I had on Twitter earlier um, with, you know, uh, Javi Baez, Stan, 77 and 85 uh, for a Twitter name. Um, and so that's where I started. And I've also been talking 55 minutes straight, so am I feeling a little lightheaded. Um, almost nonstop, too. Because even like like radio hosts, they got commercial breaks and stuff. They got a 10-minute break there. Not even 10 minutes, like five minutes. Just to sort of, to make that graphic and regather my thoughts. But anyway, yeah, they should sign Chris Bryant. And they should sign Kevin Gosman. And they should sign Marcus Semyon. And Carlos Correa, that probably be. No, that wouldn't even be too many infielders, right? Because Semyon plays second. Uh, Bryant plays is that correct? Career plays third. Um, well, so I say Brian plays left. McNeil is sort of a rover on the in, in the infield and outfield, or someone's playing first base. I don't know. You can figure it out. No, McNeil's playing right. You go sign. Yeah, you know, go sign. Uh, I feel like there's DH available. Nelson Cruz. Go sign Nelson Cruz too. That's the way that they're going to succeed next year while they take the time to build up that player development and sort of get their shit together in the front office. That's the way that's going to happen next year. Because if they decide, okay, fuck it, let's sign everyone. And frankly, I mean, the, you know, last offseason they sort of had the market cornered because everything happened through them. And that that was, like, plainly stated. I don't know who that was coming from, but it, it sort of felt that way, that a lot of things... The, if the Mets <laughs> wanted to sign George Springer, they could have. They wanted to sign J.J. Realmuto, they could have. J.J. Realmuto leaked that he didn't want to come to New York. But if memory serves, that was sort of after they had already signed James McCann. So, you know, might have been sour grapes from perspective of he thought the Mets were going to be his top pursuant. Is that even a word? Um, and then they changed James McCann to a four-year deal in mid-December. Um, I'd love to go like move by move last offseason, sort of break down everything that was going on there with somebody someday, someone who knows more than I do. Because there are a lot of questions that I have about how the Mets operated last offseason. If you could tell, my brain's starting to get a little play. Anyway. Um, yeah, the Mets should just spend exorbitant amounts of money on payroll next year. I don't even have the energy to do the Red Sox right now. I really don't. Because the Red Sox are also complicated. And we'll save that for David tomorrow. We'll also probably do some more Mets tomorrow. We are going to do two podcasts in two days. I don't know when anyone listening to this is going to have two hours to sit down. Oh, I'm sorry. Is going to have two hours to sit down and listen to us talk nonsense about sports for two hours, but, you know, we appreciate your company, we appreciate your business, 
even though there is no business going on. We are not sponsored in any way, shape, or form. If you're looking to, if, if you're a potential sponsor, you know where to find me on Twitter mainly. I'm not going to release my private Gmail account because I don't want you people to know who I am. Um, and yeah. I think that's that. I feel like I have, I feel like I have four minutes, so I feel like I should use them. But I'm gassed. This has been episode three of the replacement level. No, not the replacement level podcast. This is called <coughs> Sports Talk. Whatever the fuck it's called. This has been the third episode of it. Um, I am your humbled host, Sports Talk. Signing off.